It's now my great privilege and honor to introduce our keynote speaker, the Chief Justice of California, Patricia Guerrero. She is California's first Latina Chief Justice. Governor Gavin Newsom nominated then-Associate Justice Guerrero to the position after former Chief Justice Tani Cantil Sakayue, our alum from the class of 1984, announced her plans to retire. Chief Justice Guerrero was sworn in as an Associate Justice in March 2022. She was confirmed as Chief Justice by California voters in the November 2022 general election. Chief Justice Guerrero previously served from 2017 to 2022 as an Associate Justice at the Fourth District Court of Appeal, Division I. Chief Justice Guerrero served as a San Diego Superior Court judge from 2013 to 2017. She previously was a partner at Latham & Watkins and an assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of California. She's a native of the Imperial Valley, raised by immigrant parents from Mexico. Chief Justice Guerrero began working in a grocery store at age 16 and graduated as co-valedictorian of her high school class. She continued working to help pay for school at UC Berkeley and Stanford Law School. And as an attorney, she contributed many hours to pro bono work, including as a member of the advisory board of the Immigration Justice Project. She's assisted clients on a pro bono basis immigration matters, including with asylum applications. Please welcome the Chief Justice of California, Patricia Guerrero. Thank you, Dean Johnson. Um, thank you, too, to Provost Krogan and the amazing faculty and staff for inviting me here today to celebrate with all of you. And I would like to add what you have heard already, but it cannot be said enough. Congratulations to the class of 2023. It's a great honor to be with you here on this special day. Um, but before I begin my remarks, I would like to take a personal point of privilege and think ahead to tomorrow. And I want to um, wish all of the mothers in the audience here a happy Mother's Day. Um, and today we make sure to recognize all of the important people in the audience as well. So graduates, look behind you as you have before. But remember, these are the people who have loved and supported you. These are the people who will celebrate your successes and also lift you up when you face challenges in your career. They're the ones who put up with you when you talked about Paul's graph and international shoe, any of the other cases that are of great interest to you, but not to many other people. They're the ones who have inspired you and the ones that will keep you grounded as you embark on this next stage of your journey. So a big round of congratulations to them too.
Graduates, may you always remember the support, love, and encouragement that has brought you here successfully to your commencement. We recognize, as has been said, it hasn't been easy for you, given the national pandemic and all of the challenges, struggles, frustrations, and uncertainties it brought during your time here at King Hall. But I know, as you know, that you are all stronger as a result. After maybe not seeing your family on weekends and holidays, I remember Thanksgivings were especially tough um, when I was where you're at now, unable to see my family at times. But you're returning to them now as well-rounded young adults, critical thinkers, free of stress, at least until the bar, <laughs> and then free of stress again after you successfully pass it. Um, now on to my other remarks. I, I wanted to share something with you and wanted to let you all know, in case you didn't already, that this is my first commencement speech as Chief Justice of California. <laughs> Which is a lot of pressure to try to think of something meaningful to say to all of you. Um, so I started to think of possibilities, possible options, and I thought of two. I first thought, technically, this is not my first commencement speech. Um, as you heard, um, in eighth grade, actually, and also in high school as co-valedictorian, I gave a commencement speech. <laughs> uh, but a lot has changed since then. There weren't smartphones, happily, to record me at that time. And I also couldn't find my notes, so that was of no help to me. My other um, option was to see if ChatGBT could help. But I had no time to figure that out either, and my children advised against it. So I will instead focus my remarks on a few words of advice that may not be unforgettable, but at least are more recent than 1990 and are not AI-generated. First, do not always look for the easiest path and be open to all opportunities that come your way. Many of you may have very specific ideas about your career path and your trajectory, and very detailed plans and maybe checklists on how to achieve your goals. That is great, but I also challenge you to keep an open mind and recognize that things will not and should not be handed to you. Our society will look to you as leaders as protectors of the rule of law, as advocates for the most vulnerable, as the voice for all those seeking justice. And none of that is easy. And it also doesn't happen overnight. You will build your reputation starting from the very first assignment that you take on, the first client that you represent, your first appearance in court, and any First, your contracts that you draft, if you choose to go along that path, um, any nonprofit jobs that you take. I know that I would not be here if I had taken the easier path and turned down some of my first assignments at my law firm just because I was busy with many other projects. These assignments later turned out to be important to me in significant ways beyond the particular task at hand. I earned the trust of valued mentors who supported me throughout my entire career. 
None of that was planned or could have been foreseen at that time, and it was not easy. Um, I later left a comfortable and financially lucrative career at a major law firm to pursue my passion for public service. In many ways, that was not an easy path. When you grow up with little in terms of material possessions, it can be hard to walk away from that type of financial success. But it was a dream worth pursuing. As a superior court judge, I had opportunities to do the right thing every single day, to be faithful to the law and provide equal access to justice. While serving as a trial court judge, the easier path when asked if I was willing to serve as a supervising judge in family court would have been to say no, um, firmly and repeatedly. <laughs> um, it's not the most popular assignment, but it was one that I loved and where I really saw how I could make a difference in the lives of families and children by helping them to resolve disputes, find alternatives, and begin anew. I was happy where I was, and I had no plan on leaving when a vacancy came up on the Court of Appeal. I did not plan on applying so soon. I felt the easier path would have been to learn more and be in different trial court departments and apply later in my career. But my colleagues and mentors encouraged me to do more, to take a risk and apply. Receiving a call from Governor Gavin Newsom four years later to interview for a position as an Associate Justice on the California Supreme Court changed my life. I was deeply honored and humbled to be appointed as the first Latina to serve on our state's high court in March of last year. And the easier path um, would have been to say no when asked five months later by Governor Newsom if I was interested in serving as the 29th Chief Justice of California. Um, needless to say, I took the harder path, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here with all of you today in this new role and excited for what the future may bring, just as all of you are. I don't think making easy choices is really in my DNA, but I also recognize that I have the privilege and the luxury to make these types of choices. These choices, I believe, are all easy in comparison to the choices of my parents and so many others like them who came to this country um, leaving their own lives behind to seek better opportunities for the children that they hoped to have. As a result of their courage and sacrifices, I stand before you today, as was mentioned, the daughter of Mexican immigrants from a small rural town in the Imperial Valley, as the third woman and the first member of the Latino community to serve as Chief Justice of California. And this past January marked the first transition of judicial branch leadership 
from one person of color to another when I succeeded proud alum, Chief Justice Tani Kintil Sakauwe. Our stories are true reflections of the American dream. Barriers are being broken throughout the legal profession, and you will break barriers too in the future as you chart your own course, as you choose your own path, as you make your own difficult decisions and you seize your opportunities. Um, second, I want to tell you to, to never stop learning and to never stop caring about what you choose to do. The legal field, in my view, is the best profession to be a part of because you constantly have the opportunity to learn and grow. You have completed your legal education, sure, but I encourage you to continue to be intellectually curious as you figure out your purpose and find ways to help others to navigate difficult legal problems. As you learn different areas of the law, also take the time to learn from one another. We can continue to create a more just society that truly values and nurtures diversity, equity, and inclusion. In recent reviews, UC Davis School of Law, I don't have to tell you this, but I will share it with anyone who doesn't know, which probably are very few. You ranked number one for the greatest resources for women nationally and number one for racial justice in California. And also importantly, from my perspective, number four nationally for public interest law. When this class of 2023 entered law school, you were 71% women, more than 50% students of color, and 20% first-generation college graduates. That's amazing. For the 17th straight year, California's judicial branch has grown more racially and ethnically diverse, too. Women constitute nearly 40% of judicial officers across all court levels, which is more than a 12% increase since 2006 when we started keeping the data. The percentage of Asian, Black, and Hispanic judicial officers has also doubled over that same time period. Of course, more work needs to be done. You can all help increase the talent qualified lawyer pool and hopefully seek a career in the judiciary in the future. And I encourage all of you to keep that in the back of your mind as a possibility. But that's a long time away. And in the meantime, I would like to again echo, keep caring. Care for yourself, for your physical and mental health, and care for your family and your friends. Care for your profession. Be a zealous advocate and do your work with dignity, courtesy, and integrity, and also with empathy and sympathy. Care for the rule of law. Protect and defend it in all the work that you do. And remember, something again, I probably don't have to emphasize with you, but remember to give back. Finally, while doing all of this, while choosing different paths, while fostering your ongoing learning, 
and adherence to the rule of law. Remember to stay true to who you are. Find your own voice, but also listen to others' views. I joked earlier about automation in my remarks. Um, who knows really what the future will, will hold? Our courts are using chat GBT, or chat bots, I guess, for self-help learning centers. But I am, am confident that your jobs are secure. The practice of law will always require a human touch, listening, sympathy, and empathy. And each of you has your own unique voice to share and add to the legal discourse. It's shaped by your own unique experiences, your family backgrounds, your strengths, and your unique viewpoints. As you have studied at King Hall, I think it's also fitting to quote from the words of Martin Luther King Jr., who said, life's most pressing and urgent question is what are you doing for others? Low-income Californians receive inadequate or no legal help for 85% of their legal problems. Among the reasons that are cited for this failure to seek help or inability is the concern about cost. There are unmet legal needs that can be supported by legal aid providers and pro bono commitments by law firms and practitioners. So please keep that in mind too. And finally, if you, if and when I should say, you are before the California Supreme Court, my colleagues and I will look to you and to your voice in shaping the result on the issue that you bring to us. No matter what path you take, no matter what choices you make, no matter how you choose to use your voice, you have the potential to effectuate great change and progress in our society. I look forward to what the future holds for all of you. Thank you.